some big upcoming events at two different Disney resorts, even more mask updates, and it's looking like Park Pass reservations are sticking around for a really long time. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is still Julian James and continuing still to join us live from the Hall Cave for all five seasons of The Muppet Show have already been streamed multiple times on Disney Plus. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey, hey. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics in the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So, Henry, we talked a little bit about this last time, and we're and we're gonna get into the specifics a little bit later on in the show here. But this upcoming Disney California Adventure ticketed event, already know that rides and attractions are not going to be a part of it, but if you could just have one running, one ride, what would it be? Mm. Uh, that's that's tough, but uh, it would probably be Radiator Springs Racers. Mm. That's a good one. I was uh, I was debating on whether you would say that or Mater. Well, I mean, honestly, I've grown a fondness for uh, the incredible. Credit coaster more recently. Oh. So that would have probably been my second choice or even uh Midway Mania. Ooh. Uh I like the Midway Mania call. Like it feels a very kind of festival like, right? Like it has that kind of like communal vibe to it where there's that competition. It's sort of in that kind of carnival-ish theme that they're going for, that would be uh, that would be a solid one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always like, you know, a fun ride to go on. And, and because it's interactive, there's always that element of like, you could do something different. Uh, you could, you could get the, like a special uh, event to trigger while you're playing that you didn't get last time. Ooh, yeah. 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 So there's, there's a little bit more to it uh, while the other rides are always kind of the same experience unless you're going during the day or at night. So, I mean, right. uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those fun things and that, and also it always, gives the wife a chance to beat me again in Midway Mania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are not good at Midway Mania. That is not your jam. It is not. I'm too slow with the <laughs> with the gun. Yeah, it uh I think the uh, the the kind of thought that I went through was or the thought process that I went through was kind of like what's the iconic ride at California Adventure that would that like people would really, really jump at. And yes, of course you think of Incredicoaster, formerly California Screaming. And it's kind of like, that is definitely one of the OG icons of the park. But you're right. Like it's one of those things where the people that are coming to this event are going to have ridden it most likely multiple times. You think of Grizzly River Rapids. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's another iconic, but like it's a water ride. Oh, yeah. It, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty polarizing. You're either into that or you're not. I think you're right, man. Radiator Springs seems like 
not only is it is it has it become like one of the icons of the park, especially because you can't find it really anywhere else. Like, sure, it's using that test drive track uh, and system, but I mean, it is totally unique. There's no other experience quite like it at uh, at any other Disney park. But yeah, it's it's just fantastic. It really is incredible. So I would agree. Unfortunately. We will not be seeing Radiator Springs at the event, but uh, but yeah, man, that would be that would be it. That would be cool. I think I think people would be very satisfied with that. The reason I chose if it only. is because it's it's that nice blend of a of excitement with a dark ride. So you you get the story, yeah, totally. And you get it's, some it's, kind of like I never really thought of it as being like a roller coaster until I put my parents on it. <laughs> and then they were mad at me because it was like, hey, you didn't tell me this was like a roller coaster. I didn't think it was a roller coaster. <laughs> but to them, it was a roller coaster. It really is the the best of kind of Disney park rides and Disney Imagineering kind of all wrapped up into a single ride because yeah, it's a little bit of dark ride. It's a little bit of thrill ride. You've kind of got that competition element with the race. You have, uh, you know, just that incredibly gorgeous set on the out, on the outside exterior of radiator Springs, which is just fantastic where you're driving through the Valley there. Uh, you know, you have the, the, the photo pass kind of opportunities. It's, it's just really, really is a fantastic experience. Uh, who knows when we'll get a chance to hop back on that and, and check it out again. Hopefully sometime this year, that would be, uh, that would be really great. But, um, but yeah, this event that leaked out a few weeks ago, it's, uh, it's now official. It's called a touch of Disney. And as part of that announcement, the Disney description states, quote, beginning March 18th, 2021, Rediscover the magic of the Disneyland Resort through the sights, sounds, and flavors you've been craving. Uh, and then they also list out quite a few details. This was like a major, a major info dump that happened uh, a few days ago here. Um, but uh, it's a ticketed experience that begins again on March 18th and is happening every Thursday through Monday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's kind of like very extended weekend uh, periods here. Um, and then the tickets go uh, the tickets go on sale March 4th. And at least initially, dates are listed through April 5th. They don't call out that April 5th is the end date. So I would expect that assume that and, and assume that as long as this isn't a major bomb, that it's going to continue past that. Um, and then also tickets are only available in advance. So you can't show up. And uh, and actually purchase a ticket on the day that you hope to show up. Yeah. I have to imagine too. This is going to be a popular enough thing that uh, there will tickets are going to sell out pretty fast. Yeah, I mean it's it, it. I mean, looking at what what it is, I mean, it seems pretty on point for what I would like. I mean, it's something that. Uh, me and uh, Lori do anyways. We like to just walk down the through the park and enjoy some food and the atmosphere. And even if we're not even riding, that's something that we enjoy doing. So yeah, I definitely as go as I was going through this, I 
absolutely thought that like, yeah, this is, this is the Henry and Laurie experience right here. It's pure ambiance, pure, just being in the park experience. So, um, so yeah, dude, it's definitely right up your alley here, but, uh, but the entire experience consists of snack carts, quick service, and table service, dining options. Obviously, snacking, food is a big part of this. Then there's going to, of course, be gift shops that are all open, along with socially distanced character meetups and other photo opportunities. Um, a few of the confirmed favorite park bites. Remember, one of the things that was that was leaked out through that employee memo previously was that this was going to be kind of like a best of uh, experience where you had various different favorite foods from across the different parks uh, at Disneyland Resort that were all going to be present here. That is definitely the case. And so a few of the confirmed uh, park favorite bites that uh, at least weren't previously available through Buena Vista Street Experience include Bengal Barbecue Skewers, Walt's Chili from the Carnation Cafe, plenty of Mickey waffles, Trader Sam's sweet and spicy chicken wings, Dole Whips, uh, the Blue Bio Monte Cristo, and uh, the Cafe Orleans Gumbo, along with just like an insane amount of churros with various different flavors. There's also like tons of other options as well that aren't necessarily, wouldn't be considered like park favorites, but are just other fun kind of food options that maybe you would see normally at a festival. Um, and Henry, uh, very excited to confirm that both jumbo turkey legs and pickles are on that confirmed snack list. Well, that is great. They're, they're there, big dog. Yeah, the only thing, the only caveat you have to, like, you should put out there is that stuff like I definitely saw for the Monte Cristo is that they're going to be snack sizes of them. They're not going to be half portions. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to be the full portions. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, for the most part, you'll be able to buy more of them. Uh, but it's still kind of like if you just wanted that full Monte Cristo, which <laughs> which is if you are a savage that can handle a full Monte Cristo in one meal, man, that is like that is like a double double uh, serving right there at least. Yeah, but that thing is so good, so good. Uh, it is, man. But that's your day if you dominate a full Monte Cristo. It is not my day, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a big part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big part of it. Yeah. I think uh, I think what you I would have to definitely do is I'd go in with a backpack and just like squirrel away everything and then I I mean to be fair I always get my turkey leg to go. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought you already did stuff like that. <laughs> yes, I I do, but I mean I think at this point you may even do it even more. I mean packing away oh, yeah, Cheetos yeah. and stuff for later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like Monte Cristos and gumbo, and yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, no, nah, I don't need the gumbo. No, okay. I make my own gumbo. <laughs> yeah, is it is the Cafe Orleans chicken gumbo the same? You would know this. Is it the same as what the Blue Bayou serves? Yes, it's the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was good. It is good. It's 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 legit. It's just not as good as mine. So mm, your gumbo is pretty good. Gotta hand it to you, man. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so I mean, that is, 
I, the one thing that wasn't called out. And again, I mean, there's still plenty of time, of course, we've got a few weeks here and then, you know, I, there's no, who's to say that during the event as it's running new uh, items can't be rotated in here. No blue milk. That was something that we had called out that seemed like it was going to be a slam dunk, not included on the list here. I'm still thinking that they may actually have that at that new uh, outpost in uh, Mm. downtown Disney. That would make sense. I mean, it's the same. That would be the place to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to sell a ton of it by having it out there. And it's the same thing that like universal basically finally figured out is that people will buy butterbeer if it's available to them outside the park. I mean, given it is something to bring people in the park, but you know, they're still going to go into the park regardless, but having it out there just means you're going to sell more of it. So why not? But uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they didn't call that out, but I, I still feel like that could appear at that, that new outpost. That being said, I mean, they're still going to have um, like the uh, Carthay Circle. I guess they are doing table seating for that. And uh, yes. And the. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so, right. So. Uh, they also have table service where Carthay Circle, they are also bringing back Lamplight. So you'll be able to start making reservations at both Carthay Circle, uh, which you are already able to as part of the Buena Vista uh, Street experience. But yeah, Lamplight will be included in that. So I know you're not a big fan of lobster nachos. I feel like that's a very polarizing item. Like there are people that swear by them. And then other people that are just like, avoid them. I'm not necessarily avoid them. I think it's something that you have once. But it was just that after like I had the spinach dip that they had at the Cove Bar before Lamplight, mm-hmm. the spinach dip was so much better. And I was yeah. so, I'm still, I'm still hurt about that. Them removing that. <laughs> Dude, the, the spinach dip was so good. I mean, it was that was it good. was good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I I just think that the and, and it also I think the spinach dip was a better value than the than the lobster nacho. So I imagine that's probably one of the other reasons to remove it because that explains it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That'll be, I mean, if nothing else, like it'll be a nice kind of area to to dine at outside of Pixar Pier. The view in that area of the park is uh, is always really awesome. So yeah, so we'll get a, a new dining uh, option in terms of table service there as part of this. Um, we also, of course, know that a much larger portion of the park will be reopening, obviously with Pixar Pier. Uh, they haven't fully announced the specific areas i'm getting the feeling that it might not be the full park but i mean it's when you look at the um when you look at the places that are going to be open uh, whether they be gift shops or you know quick service or table service or snack carts i mean it, it it's definitely covering a pretty wide uh area of the park so it's it's definitely possible that you could get most if not all of the available space obviously uh, uh, Avengers Campus is a no-go here, but everything else, it could be, um, it could be kind of open. Maybe you won't be able to go all the way down to like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Operation Breakout, or if there isn't kind of stuff available down in a specific area of the park, maybe that'll be closed off. I don't know. 
But uh, but yeah, I mean it'll it'll be it'll be widening out those limits regardless. Um, we also have an update from today actually that uh, legacy pass holders will have quote access to a special opportunity. That opportunity again announced today is that Paradise Gardens, which is the kind of area over by Goofy Sky School. Um, on the other end of the opposite end of Pixar Pier. Always feels like that should just be all Pixar Pier, but it's not. That is Paradise Gardens. Um, anyway, that is going to include a special legacy pass holder only corner. Uh, and that section of the park will be themed to celebrate the 20th anniversary of DCA. Also, legacy pass holders will have access to a special photo op, uh, a legacy pass holder magnet that they'll be able to take home and various other themed amenities. So this almost sounds like they had that uh, that wine terrace that was open for a little while that um, was only available to annual pass holders at DCA. Um, so it almost sounds like that's kind of what it is, where it's, it's sort of a, a roped-off area, a VIP area, if you will, that, uh, that'll only be for legacy pass holders. So that's pretty cool, man. We were talking about how we were hoping to get some new opportunities, some really fantastic incentives and cool kind of perks of being a legacy pass holder. That That is the stuff that we're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what they do, I mean, for the annual pass holders. Before, they would have the special, like, uh, areas open for only pass holders and where they get they can buy like special merch and they have their special like uh character meet and greets that and uh it looks like they're doing that so you know there is something for those uh legacy pass holders that they can go and and enjoy and actually feel special for being yeah. uh previously having a pass annual pass yeah, there, so. there's nothing more enticing than being down in SoCal and having access to a VIP area, baby. That is, <laughs> that's it, man. That's the money right there. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that's that generally, at least as of now, is the experience you can also go if you want the full, full list of all of the food and, uh, and beverage options that are going to be there this morning. The Disney Food, uh, sorry, this morning, the uh, Disney Parks blog uploaded their foodie guide to the event. So that lists every single thing that's going to be available. It is extensive. So it's uh, it should be, I mean, it really looks like a, the Food and Wine Festival on steroids. So really, it uh, there's a lot going on there for sure. It It will not come cheap. I'm sure that is not a surprise for you, Henry Hall, or for anybody that is familiar with Disney pricing. So they're referring to it as introductory ticket pricing. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that it's going to increase at a certain point. I don't know. It's it's introductory. So their introductory <laughs> ticket price is $75. Uh, that includes parking for the experience. That is at Mickey and Friends. That's a, a little bit further. You're going to have a little bit of walk there. So you'll be able to walk off all of your... Uh, your awesome eats that you get, but uh, but yeah, so you'll you'll have a little bit of a hike. Um, that'll also include a twenty five dollar dining card that can be used at various different locations within the festival. Um, unlimited digital downloads from the Disney Photo Pass um, option within the Disneyland app. So 
any of these meet and greets, any of these photo ops. They're going to have Disneyland photographers there as they normally would. And you'll be able to, you'll have unlimited downloads as if you had a, a max pass, which is, which was kind of a perk of that as well. Uh, back when the parks were, were operating as normal. Uh, one note with this as well, that um, I think there was some hope initially that uh, previous stubs from the food and wine festival that was ongoing at DCA when the park shut down last year, that they would be able to use those at this festival. Not the case at all. Instead, Disney has opted to just give complete refunds for people that still had stubs remaining and that weren't able to use them. So you're you're on your own. Get that refund. Apply that refund to your $75 ticket because that is your only option, I guess. I think... I think introductory uh, ticket price may mean that that is the base ticket and they may have, you know, pricier tickets with the maybe more perks to them. Mm. They'll be selling okay. possibly. That's what I would take it that. Interesting. Is. I like that. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe they'll just offer like, this is the all you can eat ticket. Go to town. This this is the stuff your backpack filled of with turkey legs and pickles ticket. <laughs> well, we call it I, the Henry Hall option. I highly doubt they'll ever do an all you can eat, but I think they no never they would do like a maybe they have a a special of uh, those passes the uh, food and wine festival passes where a sip and savor. Yeah. yeah, you get the like instead of getting the twenty five dollars, you get fifty dollars worth of passes or something. And you're paying more, you park a little closer, you know, you get maybe even a, some coupons to some, uh, one of the places that's selling merch. So something. Right. Yeah. Merch coupons. Everyone loves merch coupons. Anyway, though, dude, how, how are you feeling about this, Henry? Uh, you know, so I mean, we're basically paying $50 because you're getting that $25 voucher that you're going to. You know, I, I would imagine you were going to be spending $25 anyway. So it's $50 to get into DCA with no rides and no attractions, but lots of food, dude. What uh, What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, for, you know, you got like potentially like eight hours at the festival, $75 and you're covering and they're covering your parking and you're getting that $25 worth of I think that's actually not that, that's not, I think it feels more reasonable. I know people, I've already seen like articles where people were saying that is, <laughs> it was too expensive for this, but I think yeah. it all, you have to put it in perspective, like how many hours you're going to be there and what you're doing, you know, considering how long we've been away from Disney and you know, what you're getting at this place. I think it's, I think it's reasonable. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know, at, at first I did not, at first I was, I was siding a little bit more with the kind of people online that have been complaining about the price being what it is. And I guess maybe the one thing that I definitely do agree with here is that, you know, uh, as you oftentimes point out for these kind of singular costs that when you're looking at per person doesn't seem too bad, but then you start multiplying by X amount of family members and it gets to start being 
you know, it turns starts turning into a really expensive kind of a, a thing. And that's definitely the case here. Um, you know, the parking makes sense, but if you're a family or if you're people that are carpooling, you, you're not getting that savings, uh, you know, outside of the one kind of parking thing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of the similar thing with like the unlimited downloads for, for photo pass as well. But, um, so, I mean, I do understand that though. I mean, again, like if you're going to a park, that's going to be the case anyway, obviously not for parking, I guess, unless you have multiple people with annual passes that have parking on it. But, um, but still when I was just looking at the last round of price increases, like what would it cost me to get into California adventure for a day on like the cheapest day possible, right? Like they, they, they had that, uh, they had that funky kind of tier system that they brought into place for 2020 that of course they only got like two and a half months use out of, but on like a, on a, on a lower tier day on the lowest tier day, it was maybe like $110 for a ticket. And so when you're thinking about like, okay, sure. A ticket does include parades and, and entertainment and attractions and rides. Like, I, I guess that's true, but like it, would you say that that is like 50% of the experience? I mean, maybe, maybe that's about right. Right. Like that's 50% of the experience. I know it's, I know it's weird to kind of compartmentalize your, your, theme park trip, but it's like, yeah, I think if you were to say, you know, the other half of the experience, or if you're to inverse it and say half of your experience at a theme park is the food, the ambiance, and kind of the photo memories that you get from it. And maybe some of the gift shop merch that you, uh, that you get to, uh, go through there. Then like, yeah, I think that, I think that's a, probably a fair assessment. I mean, you know, give or take, depending on your, your style. I'm more of a ride person. You guys are more of, you guys are more ambiance people, but even me, it's like, yeah. Okay. Like $75, um, for like a $50 kind of entry ticket. Yeah. I think that, I think that feels right when you think about what you're getting. And again, we don't know how big, how big of an area is at the full park. Is it not the full park? are the rides going to be running or is it going to be kind of eerie to be walking through, you know, uh, 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 it's going to be weird walking through cars land with just like completely empty track on radiator Springs racers. Is it going to be weird to be going through Pixar pier and like the Incredicoaster is just silent and there's nothing running probably uh, unless it is. I mean, I guess they could technically be running rides through it. They'll just be empty. That's kind of, kind of torturous, but, uh, but I guess they could do that, but still, like I said, I, I feel like that $50 price point, that half of what the cheapest day to visit the park would be. I feel like that's the right price point. I but really do. One thing that should be noted here is that this is not going to be, uh, definitely. I think there are it can't, I'm not going to speak for all families, but this isn't going to be the great family experience. Like for uh, this true. is going to be definitely geared towards more adults, and then those yeah. adults with like super young kids. So we're talking like two and under or so, or kids who aren't really yeah. of writing age, because the last thing you really want to do is 
take kids to somewhere where they are rides and then you're going to have to tell them, well, we're here, but we're not going to ride the rides. That's just going to kind of like potentially uh, set them off because they're going to see all these rides, but they're not going to be able to ride them. And that's what they're going to want to do. That being said, I'm sure there's some kids that, that could definitely enjoy the park without all that but i think this is definitely much more yeah. of an, a, a more adult oriented experience uh, so for sure uh, i don't know like i'm sure there's still going to be tons of families going regardless i would just be weary of going taking like the whole family because you know, more than likely the kids aren't going to be able to like stay for very long. They're not going to want to stay for very long because they can't ride the rides. And you're then you're talking about that being expensive because that like eight hours that maybe uh, uh, me and my wife can enjoy in the park without rides. You're cutting that down to like maybe a, a few couple to a few hours with kids uh so i I think yeah you know this is not gonna this is gonna this is just a a a touch of disney (laughs) they're gonna need much more of a of a disney experience to have the family yeah no that's a great point for sure like the the parks are made and intended for everybody all ages not necessarily the case here and i mean really the limited availability uh, kind of works in that favor too and and helps kind of stress that, right? It's like, it's not going to be for everyone and that's okay. They're still going to sell out every day <laughs> that they have available most likely. And, uh, and, you know, there's nothing that I think sparks demand than a diminished supply, especially when you're dealing with a high population of theme park starved individuals, right? Yeah. Um, interesting note here too. So I, I pulled up just because this is obviously kind of, uh, as we've discussed before, inspired by the uh, the food festival that Knott's Berry Farm did uh, kind of late last year, kind of the later quarter of last year called Taste of Knott's. So again, $75 for the touch of Disney. That's <laughs> So they're they're obviously still going off of very similar uh, uh, <laughs> titles here, but um, so for a uh, so again it was also a, a, a limited ticketed kind of event, um, but it was basically thirty dollars for a tasting card, and each tasting card included five tastings. So uh, obviously significantly more less expensive at Taste of Knots, but. Again, like, you know, it's uh, when you're thinking of kind of premier theme parks, that's definitely something that Disney has over, I mean, generally the competition, but especially a place like Knott's, which maybe, you know, is seen as a little more kind of B, C tier theme park. That and also, I think when you think of Knott's Berry Farm, you know, I think of rides and I think of kind of the the country uh, Western kind of setting, but I, and boysenberry everything. Yeah, and I don't think of anything. No food, iconic food items come to mind. Uh, fried chicken. Yeah, that's no. it. I mean, fried chicken is is great and everything, but it's also not the the best food to try and eat 
while on the walking around type. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And you're 100% right. Like in terms of just iconic eats, when you're talking about the the food items that, you know, are just like have a following, <laughs> you know, again, like the knots definitely has the fried chicken following, but just like that have, that have like hit iconic kind of level. Definitely, it's those like Dole Whips and churros and Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo, yeah, Monte Cristo and everything. Corn like that. dog, yeah, for sure. Turkey so, legs, <laughs> yeah, so right, many. exactly. Corn dog castle, <laughs> so tons so. of them. So uh, even Bengal barbecue's hitting it, yeah. man. So yeah, for sure, they're getting they're getting a little in. Uh, I know that's your jam. Oh man, I love Bengal barbecue. Bengal barbecue still. I mean, I will. I will fight anyone that says that it's uh, it's not an incredible value in terms of a meal. There, it it, it is the best for I sure. Mean, there's there's not much better than meat on a stick. Oh man, you get like one. They're like pork belly skewer, and then you get a asparagus skewer wrapped in bacon, and you are you're in good shape, man. It's it's just it is good times, man. Especially they introduced their jungle julep too. And it is sugary as all hell. Like it is basically just take a fistful of sugar, shove it down your throat. But man, on like a really hot day, they've got that like slushy ice in there. Oof, oof, <laughs> it's good. It's purple, which is strange, but it's great. <laughs> uh, and then also you mentioned Universal earlier. Interesting little anecdote here. So right after Disney announced their Touch of Disney event, uh, Universal Hollywood chirped uh, a little bit on their Twitter and suggested, kind of insinuated that perhaps they're going to have an announcement coming up pretty soon. They gave kind of the shifty eyes, a little uh, emoji, but also there was like a little back and forth between Orlando and and them. But long story short, it's sounding like they're going to probably be doing something similar in the not too distant future here as well. And I mean, it makes sense. Now you have mentioned in the past though, Henry, uh, you're a little, you would be a little less excited over a universal food festival in the, in the park itself than you would. Yeah. I mean, universal's food game is not on point. Uh, it it is definitely lacking. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, unless you're like the three broomsticks is good. Like, the food at the three broomsticks is good, but everywhere else I've gone, uh, definitely in Krusty's, uh, the various crusty places, uh, like the chicken shack and, uh, Krusty's, the food that I've gotten there, not good. <laughs> uh, man, mm. like, uh, I think when we went, uh, when I went with my in-laws, we had the opportunity to go to Three Broomsticks, but my in-laws decided they wanted to go to Krusty Burger. Actually, they wanted to go to Cletus's Chicken Shack to get, like, I think she wanted, um, my mother-in-law wanted uh, some fried chicken. And so we went in there. Reluctantly, we went in there. I told them to go to Three Broomsticks, but they wanted so and it's their first time so in a long time so we went man that was the driest chicken i've ever had and it was like a chicken a chicken and waffle sandwich and it was so dry mm. and then my mother-in-law got sick off of her her chicken i guess it was too greasy uh so 
yeah, it was not uh, the other places for food, just not good and not memorable enough to be warranting a, yeah. a actual, like other than, like I said, Harry Potter land, you have butterbeer and you have, uh, the three broomsticks. I mean, even the three broomsticks, there's definitely like not something I would necessarily go out of my way to get, but if I'm in the park and I eat there, I don't feel like, you know, I, I don't feel bad eating there. Um, they did get rid of my wife's favorite. Um, I guess they had like a Guinness uh, meat pie or, or stew, Guinness stew mm. or something like that. And they got rid of that one. So she's a little bit disappointed on that. But I mean, she's found other things to eat there. But yeah, when I eat at the Three Broomsticks, don't feel bad about eating there. And the food is good enough that you know, enjoy it. But anywhere else has been bad they used to have pinks actually in the park but that's moved out to the city walk so i always find that the food yeah so i always feel like the food outside this uh the park was better well it's kind of like so the offering is at least again thinking of touch of disney the offering is kind of like twofold one is the iconic eats which you're right definitely inferior and the other aspect is like you get to be in the park and really, kind of like what you're saying, I, I agree with. It's like you've got Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which I think would be the big kind of thing there. I, you know, I don't know. Is there anyone else kind of clamoring? Like, what other areas of the park do you think people would be really pumped up to to be walking around in? There's, I mean, other than that, I mean, you, it's just really doesn't have anything else to really. Yeah. I mean, you're just walking around. Uh, a lot of the other areas don't really. Ha- I mean, you have these uh, the Simpsons area. I guess that's technically a Simpsons land, but a lot of the other lands don't either don't have food, or they don't have like good shopping, or it's like it's very minimal on both. Right. It's it's, it's just not like it's definitely like far from Disney, other than Harry Potter land. <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, it, I don't see that as being, unless they, I mean, I guess they could come out with new eats and stuff and that might make, that might be interesting, especially if they maybe included some like Nintendo themed stuff. Since Ooh, they will yeah. have Nintendo. There you go. Get the hype train rolling. Yeah. I mean, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I almost feel like. The move would have been to have gotten ahead of Disney here because then it's almost I feel like it's not as much of a hit and it's kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah, I guess that's something that's better than nothing. So people can check it out as opposed to now where it's like no matter what they do, they're going to be compared to what's going on over at Disney. And it, as we pointed out, you just can't they can't do that. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, they should have, they should have opened up when they should have done that, start doing that when knots did it. Yeah. Cause then they definitely could have like hit off of that and they would have had maybe a, a following by now. So they could hang when Disney started doing theirs. But at this point, yeah, I, I, they, they'd have to come up. I mean, I don't put it past them to come up with something really good. They could. But they're going to definitely have to work harder to get people into the park for theirs after 
Disney's already rolled this out. Right. Yeah. Making that uh, making that marketing and PR team work uh, work overtime there, making that uh, seem even better than. Well, we'll see. I don't. I mean, I'm open. To, I think at, at this point, you know, I think people are just going to go because it's something to do, right? So yeah, uh, you know, maybe that'll just be that'll be enough if they can if they can make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like people who didn't get into Disney will go to Universal's, but <laughs> I think the other problem there is, I, I don't, I mean, for me, I probably could spend more time in the Universal City Walk. Uh, so I think it's going to be like, uh, I would go just for the City Walk part, and I don't know if I'd go into the park itself. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, they, they're either going to have to be really inexpensive to get in to the park, I think, or they're going to have to really have something like to special in the park to get people yeah. in. Yeah. Well, my guess is probably by the end of March, we'll have an answer in terms of what this is. And so uh, the question, I guess, is are, do they make an announcement before – Touch of Disney even happens, or do they wait until Touch of Disney kicks off, starts off, make any kind of adjustments based off of feedback of that event, and then announce? Either way, I'm looking forward to what they come up with. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, and especially if it's creative, I think that is, that'll be fun. They have plenty yeah. of opportunities right now, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, but anyway, yeah, man, we've got another big announcement. Uh, Touch of Disney is not the only major event recently announced because Disney World has made their 50th anniversary celebration official with the world's most magical celebration, as they're calling it. Still not a ton of info announced, but, uh, but uh, here's what we know so far. So the event will start on October 1st. And continue on for 18 months. That is uh, an exceptionally long time for a birthday celebration at any of the Disney parks. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Just uh, we know that Disney feels already that travel's not really going to start picking up until 2022. Uh, so that gives plenty of time for that. Certainly international travel, uh, that is a little dicey and a little questionable depending on when that's going to start picking up again. So clearly they're creating the uh, the widest berth possible in terms of uh, giving people the opportunity to come and, and celebrate the, the big 5-0, yeah? Yeah, but they've always gave, you know, their birthday celebrations always run like about a year or, or more. So just to give people time to get down there and whatnot. So, but this is exceptionally longer than, than the normal, I guess, like a normal, I guess six months longer than they usually run it. Yeah. So it makes sense. And uh, so it's better for people. Yeah. Yeah. No one's complaining about that. Who's going to complain about a little extra time to celebrate a big birthday like that? Uh it's also being celebrated at uh, it's also being celebrated in all four of the parks in various different ways. But what we do know is that each icon, so uh, Cinderella's castle, spaceship Earth, Tower of Terror, and the Tree of Life, 
Uh, they're all going to have custom, they're calling it iridescent lighting that's going to be applied to the, the kind of major features. Uh, we also know that Cinderella's castle in the Magic Kingdom is going to be blinged out even further with uh, some extra gold trim and some some extra details to the uh, to the castle itself. And then the lighting that's applied to Spaceship Earth, that big dome, is going to be permanent as well. There was a couple of kind of proof of concept videos that came out and it looked pretty cool. It's, it looks like they're still complementing that that kind of multicolored lighting pattern that they've had on it uh, forever now, but um, but it's going to be kind of along the specific lines and details. It's some some cool little lighting effects. And really, the only other detail, at least that I caught uh, with this announcement, was that Mickey and Minnie will have uh, special outfits to commemorate the occasion, also referred to as their iridescent outfits. So that'll be ongoing. But uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what other stuff is coming down the pike because I imagine this is this is the only the beginning of announcements. Oh yeah. Be. I mean, they're going to have all kinds of stuff. Of course, plenty of uh, uh 50th anniversary merch to pick up, but then of course, yeah. Uh, of course, what we're really looking forward to treats. What kind of special treats? That's it. Those treats. Those are the big ones. Maybe they'll have a 50-year-old turkey leg for sale. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now the question, Henry, are you bringing back on the airplane turkey legs and pickles in your backpack? You know, I thought of that. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I probably wouldn't do uh, pickles. Um, yeah. But maybe a turkey leg? I don't know. It's It has to be, re- I mean, I always bring like uh, Ziploc bags and stuff to wrap it in and stuff. So it'll, it'll be fine, but I don't know. I don't know on that one because, oh yeah, that, I'm possibly not, you know, probably not. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see, I mean, exactly what what they have on offer. Yeah, I, I imagine they'll have quite uh, an array of things to to check out and special 50th anniversary kind of cakes and whatnot. But the other kind of question that I had, so starting October 1st, I'm curious how the parks will handle Halloween celebrations. Do you Remember in the past, like when they had their 60th birthday at Disneyland, Halloween was just continued on as normal, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yeah. So that's probably what we're going to get here, too. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when they had the 65th, they weren't doing as much as... Well, I guess they they weren't doing quite as much as they do now, um, but... They yeah, it's pretty much Halloween as usual. Still, I mean yeah, so it'll be. It's why not have? I mean, because Halloween is such a uh, a big event for Disney. You don't want to end that, and then of course you you bring people in for the fiftieth anniversary. So it's just two reasons uh, people have two reasons to go to to disney so 
you don't want to take those away. <laughs> uh, it, plus, it's, yeah. I mean, because definitely, like, there's a now you have a, a reason to sell, like, uh, you know, special Halloween merch. Uh, I think the thing that is going to happen, though, with uh, the 50th anniversary is that you're going to get, like, you probably aren't going to get as many treats as you would get for a Halloween or, uh, or uh, you know, holiday uh type event but you're gonna get something that's gonna be like around for a lot longer so uh, right it's it's something that i mean yeah that's why they're just gonna continue to have the holidays and the uh and the halloween uh events going on because they're gonna get even more treats and stuff it's just it's just more ways to to sell more merch and stuff so there's they're not going to get rid of those and they're just going to kind of sit side by side i think the one question i think the biggest question people are going to probably or the weird thing that you're going to have to kind of consider is which mickey are you going to see are you going to see halloween mickey and Minnie, or are you going to see 50th anniversary uh, Mickey and Minnie? I think you're probably going to see more 50th anniversary Mickey and Minnie than yeah. Halloween. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be probably the, the, the one thing that's going to stomp on Halloween would be uh, which characters, which version of the characters you're going to see. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, especially since... Uh, especially since Halloween Mickey and Minnie most likely will have already been kind of, or had a presence in the park by the time that October 1st rolls around. Really, you only have a month left of Halloween celebration, so they've at least been doing a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. There's a, There are just a lot of unanswered questions, which I'm sure adds to part of the reason that there was just so few details talked about. I mean, the big question that we had even before this was like, are they even going to do something? Like clearly it was going to be acknowledged in some way, shape or form, but you know, uh, like what, what is it? Like we already knew most likely, I mean, it's pretty clear at this point that a lot of those big attractions like uh Tron coaster, for instance, uh, just aren't that, that were initially kind of being prepped and readied for the big five zero birthday celebration that that just wasn't going to be a thing like that. It's pretty clear that that is not that is not being completed in time, and so you know the, most likely that that's the case with the uh, the Guardians uh, uh, Rewind coaster as well in Epcot. That's not going to be ready. So we already know that there's a couple of big projects that just just are going to miss at least at least this initial like October time frame maybe since they've got 18 months like maybe sometime within that 18 months they'll be completed but uh, but not for the initial kind of October 1st celebration so we already knew that like it was going to be modified <laughs> and probably kind of compressed down uh you know dialed down from what the initial plan was, and of course it makes sense given kind of where we're at with, uh, with travel just in general. So, so that was the, just the big question was like, is this actually going to happen and what's it going to look like? 
this is clearly them coming out and saying, don't worry, it's happening. You're just going to have a really long time to, to kind of catch this. And like, these are some of our plans. So, so that certainly is answered, which is, which is good because, uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I wouldn't have also been surprised if they were like, Hey, yes, we are, we're celebrating it. We're acknowledging it. The celebration really isn't going to start until like (laughs) summer of 2022. Uh, I wouldn't have been too surprised for that either. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, the big outstanding questions are like, you know, because it's still October, because it's still a ways away, how, uh, you know, how much are they going to open up capacity again? We know that it's, it, they have the opportunity to do that whenever they feel like they're ready for it. I think they've been given the green light to increase their capacity more. So it's likely that the capacity will be higher. Does that mean that like fast pass returns? Does that mean that like single rider returns? Um, you know, are we doing it safe to say that like harmonious at, um, at Epcot is going to be ready to go at that point. So, you know, they're probably going to have nighttime shows going at that point, but like, are they having full on parades? Um, is like, you know, uh, is dining going to be eased a little bit? One would have to imagine that dining will be eased a little bit. We know the masks are still going to be required. We know that there's still going to be some element of social distancing, but yeah, just in terms of like that scope and those big questions that really are going to affect, I think a lot of people's experience while they're there, um, you know, are still big kind of questions that need to be answered. So, so yeah, I mean, and and then, you know, there's this question of, hey, how are vaccinations going? Is everything easing up a little bit? Do people feel more comfortable um, to make it so that increasing capacity makes sense? And if they do increase capacity, well, what does that mean? So yeah, it's, who knows, man, <laughs> there's still so many unanswered questions with that. But, uh, but yeah, at least uh, if nothing else, like I said, this is, this is the stake in the ground of them saying this is at least a base level expectation so that you know that like, yes, we are kicking this off. I think, uh, I definitely feel like they will increase capacity just because after like, uh, the president's recent, uh, kind of like acknowledgement that is saying that, uh, we should have vaccinations for all Americans by around summertime. I think they're going to use that as a, Hey, well, most people should be vaccinated by this time and they're going to increase capacity. I still think there's definitely going to be like social distancing in place and, and masks and whatnot for quite some time still, but, uh, they will use that as a, a, a reasoning to like increase capacity. Yeah. I buy that for sure. But then it then comes the question of like, well, you know, we're already, we're already getting some of these reports saying that, uh, it's feeling a little tight. It's feeling a little crowded without the use of fast pass. And, you know, with, with the way that social distancing is done in ride queues, those, those, those queues can stretch out, not necessarily that they take a long time, but like, you know, you just have these really long looking lines, um, and so, you know, like I said, do we see fast pass introduced again as a way to kind of ease some of these restrictions? Do we see more of these virtual queues implemented? That's a, that's always a possibility. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like they would have to do something if and when they do increase capacity. Because, I mean, it, you're 100% right. Like, if nothing else, we know that there are going to be more of the resort hotels that are going to be open, which would mean that they're expecting even more people. So, you know, what are we doing then? So, I don't know. Got to figure it out. Yeah, I hope they start working fast pass back in but i don't think you're gonna see maybe you might see sing uh fast pass going but i don't think you're gonna see single riders show up for a while yeah yeah i think that i think you're right we would see fast pass before single rider i think fast pass makes everything a little bit easier but man imagine <laughs> imagine if uh just because of the way that it works at Disney World where you, you know, previously have been able to book fast passes like 60 days out. Uh, they're going to have to really give a, a heads up to people in advance so that they know to expect that again. Like imagine if, imagine if you're somebody that is like, uh, you're going to Disney World like the day of, or no, the day before like fast passes or something like that. Uh, I guess the way that it works is, I guess the way that it works is like if any of your trip coincides with like fast pass time, maybe they would make it so that you're you're good for it. But yeah, again, like man, they've once they once they turn the key on fast passes again, they've really got to communicate that out so that people know what to expect because I think everybody just has it in their mind that like oh, there's no more fast pass. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it's something that's going to be on you to kind of keep on top of that but then i would say that if you're if you're planning a trip you're probably like keeping an eye on on uh your disney trip especially at this point considering like how like starved people are for disney and uh, especially if you're taking a trip uh you're probably gonna yeah. be on top of that at least you know I'd be surprised. I mean, if you're not on top of it, then you're not excited enough to be going. <laughs> That's true. You don't think there are many people showing up now without masks, surprised of the uh, the requirement? Uh, if you're showing up surprised that you have to wear a mask, <laughs> you should just turn around, go home. <laughs> at least they're showing up like we never made park pass reservations. At, at least just admit that you didn't want to wear a mask and that's why you didn't bring a mask. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, just come out and say it for sure. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then finally we got it. We, we, we had a few more announcements coming out of Disney parks. So uh, speaking about face masks, face masks, we were just talking about this. Um, so Disney world is now requiring that face masks be worn. Even when you're sitting at your dining table, uh, they should only be removed when you're actively eating or drinking. So previously the, the kind of, uh, rule was once you're at your table, uh, you're fine to take off your mask. Now it's pretty much, you know, if, uh, the, the, the process would be, while you're waiting for your table or while you're waiting to sit down, your mask is on. You sit down. If you're at like a, a table service restaurant, you have your mask on the entire time that you're waiting for your food. Your food comes, you take off your mask, you eat your food, then you put your mask back on. Your, your bill comes, you pay it, and then you leave. So it's really, unless you're actively shoveling food into your mouth or 
chugging a drink than uh, your mask is on, but not much of a surprise. Uh, reports coming out. Walt Disney World News Today was reporting out that uh, that they were already seeing people that uh, were not following the policy, and Disney wasn't enforcing it. So it's not too surprising, I guess. Uh, the question is, is it like a leniency kind of a thing, or is it like they're just really not going to start enforcing that? Well, I imagine the the reason to say this is for the safety of the servers, um, cause yes. I mean, if you sure. think about it, the only difference is, is like, cause the problem you're doing, you're sitting down at your table, you take your mask off when you, of course, whenever the, your server shows up and you go to order, first thing you do is, you know, you're, you look, you turn your head towards your server and you tell them what you want. So that's putting them at risk. Plus, you know, you not to mention you're putting your germs on your menu and whatnot, but they, they should be sanitized anyways. But, uh, but definitely like, I think it's all QR code right oh, now. No. QR menus. Yeah. But then, you know, there's always somebody who needs uh, a menu. Um, but the big thing is, is like turning your head to talk to your server, you're putting them at risk yeah. and, uh, that's not cool. So, uh, I, I totally understand this. I think the idea too, is that once you get your food is you can take your mask off and eat and you're probably not going to have your mask on until you're finished eating. But the, uh, I think this is more for the safety of the servers and, uh, wait staff and whatnot that are before you actually get your food. Um, but yeah, I know, um, I think the problem is, is of course, it's once you are lenient with something, it's always hard to kind of like reverse direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. uh, which is one of the reasons I think they gave for not opening Disneyland. And I hate to say it, but I agree. It's hard to take something away once you've reopened it. Uh, but uh, so... I think right now they're being lenient, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do as far as enforcing this. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, uh, definitely a good point. The other theory I had heard is I guess it's been observed a few times uh, that there will be at least for outdoor seating areas for, um, for uh, quick service, there will be, families or just even lots of people that oftentimes will use that will be walking by and just use those outdoor seating areas as kind of like mask free break zones, which isn't the case, right? Like they have pre-designated mask free break areas, but because, you know, there's been this general rule of like, Hey, if you're eating, if you're in a dining area that you can remove your mask, People will come by, sit at a dining area, and remove their masks without actually ordering anything. People were saying that oftentimes it was like so crowded in some of those areas that people that were ordering food were having issues finding seats <laughs> because so many people were just uh, uh, chilling out there with their masks off. So I could see if that is the case, that, that uh, having a policy saying 
yo, even if that's the case, you still got to be wearing your mask if you're hanging out in an outdoor area. Yeah. That would at least, yeah, try to have a, a way to get people, uh, remove people from areas so you can get more people in there actually buying stuff. So, yeah, I could see that. A bummer that that's where we got to be with uh, with a rule like that, but clearly uh, it just would suggest that people are not doing what they need to do, and and so there needs to be a policy, which uh, you know is what it is, I guess. Um, but uh, and then the other piece of news here, so for park passes, um, which is their their reservation system, so Disney has once again updated their calendar for. 2022 bookings and uh, as part of this update park pass availability is now being displayed until january 2023 so it's it's not clear if this is actually disney saying like hey this is how long we intend to be using this i mean i guess there's always the possibility that um you know midway through 2022 they could decide that they no longer want to use that program and it's back to being just a free-for-all but uh but at least as of now Hey man, you can make park pass reservations all the way through January 2023. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's better to to have it out there and maybe like roll it back and not need it than to have to try and roll it out again or extend it, you know. It's it's better to get ahead of the game. Um I think this is definitely something that's going to probably be around for a bit maybe even it is maybe something that they keep around even after covid yeah i was gonna say man if you if you could bet now if you think that park pass will still be a thing in 2023 what which way would you go i would go it's gonna be a thing going forward it's just it's a it's basically the pandemic has given Disney a way of managing their crowds. Um, yeah. They, well, they've tried that with, with pricing. Uh, I don't think it was as much of a deterrent as they had initially hoped, even though they do make more money with it. Uh, I think they'll continue to use that just because they know they can make more money with it, but they still need a way of, of keeping of crowd control. And that's something that they can do with the reservation system. Uh, plus I think they, they can really like uh, make sure that, you know, people jumping through these hoops, they really want it and they're probably going to be spending money. So uh, I, I, it's just, it's too, too good of a t- tool for them. I think right now for them to get rid of, unless they figure out something better in the meantime. I think this is something that's going to stick around. Yeah, and especially like with what we've seen out here in in California where, you know, I mean, they pretty much they, they sunsetted the annual pass holder program uh, in part or at least as suspected because there were like a million annual pass holders, which made it very difficult when you had a lot of people that could just kind of roam into and out of the park uh, either whenever they wanted or, you know, most days out of the week. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we've been talking about, there's definitely a clear kind of preference on at least having some level of control over annual pass holders and the access that they have to the parks. And so, uh, to your point, 
you know, the fact that they have this, this reservation system that is tiered in ways that you have single day ticket or, you know, uh, ticket, single ticket holders, uh, annual pass holders, and then resort guests. You have those three tiers, like they are completely uh, in control over however many tickets or reservations they give access to. So you're 100% right. Like if they feel like a specific day is really heavy on annual pass holders or something like that, they can they can crank down the number of annual pass holder reservations that are going to be available. Or if they want to increase the amount of, uh, uh, you know, ticket people there, they can they can crank up that number of uh, of um, of park passes. So yeah, it's just something. It's it's another kind of lever that they have control over. You're absolutely right. So yeah, I I would totally agree. I mean, I think it's been I think it's been a resounding success. And I mean, you had uh, Josh D'Amato talk about how it's been very successful for them. And of course, they're talking about it in the context of safety. But yeah, I think in in just controlling the crowd, which has been a challenge for them in the past. I think that's uh, it's been beneficial for them too, you know? Well, there's also another side to that coin too, in that even if they are fine on like the crowd they're getting, it's also a great tool for them for staffing because they kind of have a better idea of how many people they're going to need on staff for each day since they'll know they'll have a better idea of how many people are coming into the park those days. Because uh, I remember that uh, for my wedding, uh, our basically for our honeymoon, we went to uh, Disneyland and uh, there was this, uh, I guess the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Arizona schools were on break so a lot of people came up from Arizona to the to Disneyland. Yeah. Oof. And so like literally it, it felt like we were in like a peak season in uh at peak season at uh, Disneyland even though it was in October. Uh even like uh, talking to some of the uh you know some of the cast members they're like We've never seen crowds like this before. And I, I, like some of our friends who were there, one of the, their mothers said like, man, it's so dirty here, but they were understaffed. They weren't like ready for all these people to be there. And uh, it was kind of like this unknown thing. We, nobody knew that the, the Phoenix school, the, uh, I don't know why I said Phoenix, but the Arizona school system was going to be on break. And that all those people from Arizona, because it's technically it's uh, Disneyland is closer to Arizona than it is to us up in Northern California. So those people just all decided to go to Disneyland, like literally like uh, uh, my wife's friend who lives in Arizona. We wind up running (laughs) into them because they decided to go to, to Disneyland because their kids were all on break. And uh, that after that week, it went back to normal. But that first week we were there, it was slammed. So um, I think that's the other kind of side of the coin is that they can better staff 
which also makes things more profitable for them because they're not wasting. They don't have to have extra people on hand. If they're going to have fewer people there, they know they can have fewer people on staff or if they know they're going to have like a more closer to capacity, they can have more people on, uh, call more people in. So, and hours is a lot of times where you can actually cut back or, you know, make more money by having using fewer hours. There you go, man. Makes total sense. Yeah. So we're, it's here to stay for sure. But really, Henry, little did you know, whenever you're in the park, it's peak season. <laughs> that just about does it for today. <laughs> Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 47 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, man. See you, everybody. Bye.